Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with head coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips from the rugby coaching community. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. I am delighted to welcome onto the podcast, Mike Ford. Welcome to the pod, Mike. A pleasure to be here, Dan. Uh, we've caught up a few times over the uh, over the years, and it's actually lovely to uh, get Mike to come onto the podcast. Um, for those who uh, don't know about Mike, he's a former rugby league international, Great Britain international, um, and then he went into coaching um, in in rugby union. So he's had international stints with Ireland and England, and helped England to a World Cup final in 2007. He's also had some club uh, club coaching, uh, head coaching and assistant coaching. So uh, he's with uh, Bath, Saracens, Leicester Tigers, Toulon. Um, so quite a range of places. I think uh, you're also out in America for a little bit, weren't you? Yeah, uh, 2017, went over there for the inaugural MLR Major League Rugby uh, competition, uh, setting up a club in Dallas. Uh, yeah. We didn't quite make that first year because of lack of investors. We just didn't make it. And uh, I'm glad to say that this year, 2022, they made the debut, Dallas, uh, four years after schedule, but they, they got there in the end. Oh, well, that, that's good. So, I mean, uh, you've been around, I mean, not quite, but quite a lot of way, quite a a lot around the world and um we were talking about this uh, last week a little bit um at the moment you're quite enjoying not having to travel so much uh, i just wonder how much travel and being away from home is stressful enough for a coach let alone having to try and get a w on the weekend yeah um and you have different stages of your career and family life don't you dan you know when i started coaching ireland 2002 um, the eldest would have been, our Joe would have been nine, George would have been seven. And we had a, a two-year-old, four-year-old there, sorry, as well. So, you, you know, you don't, you want to spend time with your boys at that age, don't you? So it's difficult uh, being away, but at the same time, you know, you've got bills to pay and, and, and you know, being Ireland's defence coach at the time it was a great job for me in terms of where I was in my career at coaching and learning and stuff. So, it's a balance, um, but after about 20 years of actually, you know, more or less being away from home, um, and I don't mean you never see any family or anything, but it's just that they, they get to games and, and, and uh, you have, you know, holidays with them and things like that. It's it's not that, I'm not painting a picture which is that brutal, but if you just want to just want to be a not sometimes you want a normal life being home there for tea time and putting the kids to bed and something and it it does take its toll and uh you know like not not a full 20 years but over the 20 years i reckon 75 percent at that time was was away from home i mean and you're you've got three very keen rugby playing sons uh which uh 
we well we certainly know of one because he's in the in the papers a lot uh but that you're now saying that you're spending quite a lot of time mentoring them so that's quite an interesting uh dynamic uh because i think a lot of parents want to mentor their children but you're sort of coming at from a, a father's point of view but also with some coaching expertise so how's that worked out well I, you know i've left leicester in june last year 21 june 21 um and you know probably the travel got to me a little bit and the, the fact that i worked it out dan that that was or this year the summer 2021 was the first pre-season i missed for 38 years since I signed for Wigan as a 17-year-old. So I thought I deserved a break. And in that break, I um, I figured I wanted to give something back to the sport. You know, you you get to my age at 56 and you've got a lot of experience, both good and bad. And um, you can see things unfolding in, in other uh, organisations or other coaches that you've been there. And, you know, you just want to go out there and give give it all back really so i set up a consultancy business um uh, wanted to get into clubs and or mentor coaches and things like that and <laughs> with me three but i haven't got farther than my three boys at the moment because our joe the eldest he's, he's coaching at doncaster um obviously george is still playing and we, we we analyze all his games and sit down a lot and then there's jacob the youngest who's down in level four at Bury St Edmunds, he's head coach at Bury St Edmunds and director of rugby at Ipswich School. So um, I make a point of watching all the games. Uh, just I've text them and said things like, "I've got some feedback from you," um, and if they don't, if they don't text back, then they're good. <laughs> but <laughs> invariably, they text back and we talk through things. And 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 you know, I'm going down to watch Bury St Edmunds on Saturday against Hinkley. Um, get down there and the week after I think the Doncaster are playing Pirates in a top of the table clash and they need to win that to keep to keep their premiership hopes alive they've appealed this week yeah, as well yeah um, so yeah and and look if it if, if, if I can do that for them guys um, at the same time I understand that they want to forge your own career in coaching and stuff like that. But um, it's, I suppose it's when your dad gives you advice, don't do that because that's what I did. I made the mistake there. You know, you either listen or you don't. And, you know, that's it's up to them whether they take the advice or not. So it's interesting that uh, that dynamic about uh, they're ov- they obviously want to speak to you about it and they'll, they'll take on some pieces, bits and pieces. And, uh, um, you've said to me before that I mean you're not precious if they don't if they don't take it on so uh, let's uh, let's start with um Joe he's at he's at Doncaster that's that's right and yeah. Doncaster are doing extremely well they're top of the top of the league at the moment and uh, I'm putting aside all the administration problems of going up um they're in a very strong position should the chance be that they will go up into the premiership so what sort of things you give someone like that who is having a lot of success which is going to help them what uh, i mean apart from obviously uh, not giving away the, uh, the the family secrets on how you beat sides what sort of things are going to make a difference to help him move forward i think um apart from the the detail dan which is he'll um send me a 
video and ask me what I think of the detail and, and how to execute or a pattern or a set piece move. Apart from that, you were talking to him all the time about the management of a team and the management. He's ultimately in charge of the attack and, and the backs. Uh, there's him, as uh, Steve Borden, who's the head coach, who, who looks after the defence and the forwards and then, uh, Nathan, uh, Nathan, sorry, I can't remember his <laughs> Nathan, who looks after the line outs from the forwards too. So he's a, he, he looks after the backs and manages them. Um, and the way um, he inter, interacts with the coaches as well. Um, you know, when, when, a, when I was younger and uh, in a coaching team, and, and you and you wanted to make a forge your career in rugby and you wanted to get um, a good reputation and stuff like that you you really really focused on your own area a lot without without necessarily um collaborating with the with the other guys in the other areas you know as long as your department did well and and I said to Joe you know I said look it's it's you all win uh, if you win, you all win, you know. So, you know, help each other in the in their areas as well. Um, and and, he, and and sometimes that can be easily said than done because um, there's there's always human beings involved, you know. So, there's things like management that um, comes with experience, Dan. Uh, not just the players, but but the there's the other coaches and and management in that. Um, they also with. Um, you know the the schedules of the season, um, the workloads, um, things things were again experience over a few years give you uh, a good understanding of how to get the players right from a physical point of view. And, and I'll give you a good example where um, they've only got three games left, and the and well, sorry, they've only got two games left. But the the last game they played was healing. You know, uh, the weekend at Ealing, and we talked about it. I said, Joy, I said, there's not much you're gonna, much more you're gonna teach or coach the players uh, to do new this this week. I said, your greatest asset this week is for the players to be fresh. Um, they'll they'll understand what what you've done all season, and just give them the the confidence and the freshness to rip in this weekend and. You know, I didn't, I didn't say anything more than that. And then I asked him his schedule and, and they they made it a real short week. They made it a real short week. Um, so that's that's things things like that might have, um, a young coach might, we're playing the top of the league, Ealing, it's, it's, we don't win it, we don't go up and all them things. We need to do more. I advise him to do less. And, and you know, he, they seem to follow it and, and it paid off. Okay, so uh, in terms of that's managing the players, I'm fascinated to know the sorts of bits of detail that you might might be giving him. Uh, when you're looking at uh, the, the, the team, the plays, what sort of things um, would you say to him which he might change or he might do differently? I think it's... A, it's, it's a, there's a lot of things. It's is the opposition, and uh, I've quickly... I've quickly worked out that Doncaster against um, a team that's at the top of the table will play very well. A team that they should potentially beat 
down at the bottom of the table, they, they usually struggle to beat them. So it's a case of, um, I, I, I say you need a threat this week. You're playing London Scottish, you're at the bottom. You're playing London Scottish away from home. Um, you need to, you need the players to to be up for this one. So you need you need to do something different. This is probably your hardest coaching week mm-hmm. because players will be uh, comfortable, uh, complacent, and things like that. So we we talk about the opposition. We talk about where they're playing. We talk about the weather. We talk about the personnel that he picks. So he's picked a personnel. So if he picks Sam Olver. At ten, he can play a certain way. If he if he, if he uh, picks Billy McBride at ten, he has to play a different way. So we talk about we put all them things into a mix, right? And we talk about then the first twenty minutes. What does it look like? You're now playing the you've checked the weather. It's going to be raining. You're playing London Scottish away, and Sam Olver's your ten. And what's that first twenty look like? So that your team are uh, getting the best start and not behind the eight ball. And we, we so we talk about a lot like that. We, I mean, he's a very, um, he wants to play. He want, if, you, if you could say what type of coach he is, he wants to play through the backs. He wants to play attacking rugby, attacking Brandon rugby, um, you know, as opposed to a kick chase team or a, you know, every, every team needs a, needs a good more than everything. But you, you would describe Joe as a Harlequins type coach, mm. if you if you could say, not a Leicester type coach and stuff. If you understand that, so um, and and there's times where, you know, we talk about listen, you, you can't play like this this week because such a body's at ten. Mm. You know, you've got a gale in force wind. You're gonna have to beat them a different way. So we talk about the old what what them look what things like that look like, you know. Um, and if you want to put more detail on it, we, we, we look at it from, you know, your first 20 minutes, what does it look like coming out of your own half? What are you going to do? What's it look like when you've got... We make it really simple. Um, well, we make it really simple. We say good ball and bad ball. So you, you, you've got the football, but is it a good, is it good ball to... Is it juicy? We, we, we call it juicy. Can you attack with it? Or... Is it bad ball and it's stale and you're in a corner and you're five metres from your own line, you know, into a wind, you know, kind of stuff. So we, 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 we and then within that, um, we put parameters on it. So, you know, taking the ball, anything in their half's good ball, anything in your, in your own half's bad ball. But, we, you know, we might talk about, well, this week, you know, you, you, you've won three on the run. You've got great confidence. You've got this team at home. Why don't you bring that line back so that if you take the ball 30 metres from your own try line, if you get any good, we call that good ball. So you just extended the pitch mm. and a different mindset. And, and you know, this is, I mentioned a lot there and, and we, we don't talk like that every week in, in, that, de- in that detail or length. But over a seat, over a over a season, over uh, mentoring him, it's just the the type of chat we have. It's it's the way we chat to each other. Okay, I mean this is absolutely fascinating. I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing here and uh, thinking how I I would use it. Now, uh, would he then uh, maybe saying right? I, I'm looking at my uh, ten and twelve or my uh, ten, twelve, thirteen, and they they don't seem to be able to enact some of the things I want them to do. Maybe they're 
their passing or their kicking or their running lines or uh, things aren't up to scratch. I mean, is that something that he might talk to you about or is it that something you might identify? Uh, and if, if so, what sort of solutions or ways forward would you would you be thinking about? Yeah, um, it's a good question. And I think um, the way Joe wants to play uh, with the 10, 12 uh, footballers who, who both can run, catch, pass and kick and stuff, um, that's the way he wants to play. You know, um, most some, some teams play with a crash ball number 12 mm. who, who likes to be direct and, and that's that's a good way to play as, as well. But if, if they're struggling and... Um, we come up with we he comes up with ways to make the player better, and he's not quite making the the mark that Joe wants him to make. Then he's got a choice. He's got a choice. He either changes the player, mm. um, or he changes the way he wants to play. Mm. Um, the biggest um, challenge he's had this year is is the mindset of the team, uh, the mindset of being a little bit flatter, uh, taking the next all, if you like, um, not being too deep so defences can drift on you and, and, and still still have bodies in front of you when you move the football. He's, he, he struggled getting that um, mindset over the players so that they, they then grab hold of it. And, um, and it's been fascinating. It's been fascinating how... Over the last month or so, the players are now it's finally sinking in with the players. Mm. Of of it, and it takes it does take time, um, and in that period, Dan, there were times where he talked about letting letting go of not letting go of his philosophy. That's wrong, but he he was getting down with it. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. And we talked about I talk I talk about my time at Bath and. Um, I reckon I had, I reckon I had a pre-season, a season, another pre-season before the players got what I wanted on attack. Do you know? And I had I had some good players. <laughs> I had some very good players. Uh, but it takes that time for them to, you know, the penny drops. Um, so it's it's then the ability to go at the line and, and be flattered so to give the defence less, less time to make decisions, mm. you know, and you're on top of them, really. Obviously, you need you need quite good ball, quite quick ball to do that. So, and that's it. them are the challenges. And then, you know, we, we then, when we think the players have got that and, and they're, they're comfortable and they've got the courage to play like that, we, you know, at top, we talk about throwing spanners in the works and, you know, um, so okay, fine. But what happens if the defense do this? So what do you expect the players to do? You know, so things like that. Uh, we've only we've only just we've only just touched on that. Um, that's probably something that he'll take into next season, Dan. Um, we just want to keep um, layering the detail on on his philosophy of going at them um, at this moment in time. So uh, one of the questions uh, we I had some pre-planned questions and we've gone completely off <laughs> offline. But I, the question, one of the questions I got is there's there's obviously more than one way to coach, and we you started to talk a bit about philosophy there, and uh, in itself uh, the word philosophy is 
it's probably needs some defining for because it means different people to do diff, different things to different people. Do you think you need a clearly defined philosophy? I think so. I, you know, I think, um, you know, I stumbled on a few things at, at Bath. Um, but the, the philosophy that we stumbled on was uh, basically player first, player led philosophy, which meant we're going to put the player at the first and centre of everything around him, uh, branching off the player in the middle um, to try and develop him as a person and as a rugby player, more importantly, as a rugby player, but as a person as well. Um, believing that if he improved, he, he, he would have the the ability to um, to lead. He had the ability to lead and make his own decisions, ultimately, Dan, on the rugby field. Um, and that's... Uh, you, you can plan all you... All you as a coach, you can go with the game plan, and very rarely does does the the game plan. I'm never at all, never at all, not very rarely, never at all does the game plan last forty minutes. Never mind eighty. You know, he might be there for the first ten minutes, and then it's about what's the referee doing. You know, what's the opposition doing? All these things and the weather and stuff. And you want ultimately, you want the players to be able to make decisions there and then. So that's the philosophy I want. I didn't want to be a coach that came in, watched the game, we lost or won, watched the game on Saturday night, watched it another two times on Sunday, and then the players came back on Monday and I said to the players, oh, you should have done this. When I've had, I've watched the tape three times. The first two times I weren't too sure what to do till I watched it the third time. Mm. Oh, they should have done this. And we're asking players to do that just in the moment. So that that's, that's always been my beef from when I played and when I got coached. Coach is telling me on a Monday what I should have done and, and I'm going to him, well, why didn't you show me on a Tuesday or Thursday before the game? <laughs> You've been so clever. So the, the, the philosophy in that um, is, is a huge one, you know. Um, so I think within the philosophy, we also, you hear, you hear things like the Bath way or the Saracens way or the, the Leicester Tiger way, you know. We we had a and I might and apologies if I've mentioned this to you before, Dan, because we spoke when I was at Bath last time. You yeah, know yeah. What I remember you think that, but I think we just spoke about defence. I think yeah. But when I became head coach at Bath, I sold. Um, I had to do a presentation to the board, and basically, uh, I analysed four teams. I analysed the four best teams. I thought, or the three best teams, sorry, in Europe. So which was Leicester at the time. Leinster and, and uh, Toulouse and um, the one thing you, you look at all the stats and you know how many points and how many trophies they win and how many carries they have a game and how many tackles what's the defence success rate you know the one thing I pulled out I could have pulled out loads but the one thing I pulled out was many, how many points they scored and they consistently all three scored over 25 points mm. right so quite simply I went to the board and I went, I would, the Bath way would be to score more than 25 points, 25 points or more. And you're guaranteed to win 67% of your games. This is what these, and if you win that, you're in, you're in, you're in the shout for finals and things like that. So we then went, uh, yeah, so I've changed the points into XXV because Bath was a, you know, an ancient Roman city and all these mm. things, Roman numerals. And 
that's how it started. And it, it you know, I was there for four years and um, it turned into, it turned into the pathway. It, if someone would have said two years later, what's the pathway? They would have said XXV. And then they would have said, well, what's that mean? Well, we scored 25 points. So well, what does that mean? Well, we mainly, we're an attacking team. We want to, we want to go, we want to be, have courage to go at the opposition and take the game to them. Mm. So what's that mean? Well, it's the way we train. Well, what's that mean? Well, we're player led. Well, what's that mean? It means that on Thursdays, there's no coaches on the field. Oh, so what's that mean? It means that we're adapting and making our own decisions. They challenge us at training to um, think differently or think a certain way. Oh, so so what does that mean? Well, it means we're player led. So we're, we're developed as an individuals to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it was like, there's no way we started like that. There was no way we just went at 25 points. You know what I mean? And the, the, the layering of it and, and the journey that you go on, uh, that's that's just my experience. And when people say, what you know, what, what's your what what's what's the back way or what what philosophy do you do you, do you coach by? Um and I, just, I, I think it's worth saying just uh, just to jump in there that um it is not a project that you start on day one and uh, they'll it'll look like what it's supposed to look like on day two. It could take a very long time. So uh so given it takes a long time, you some of those players would have absolutely lapped up the player led. That this is this yeah. is this is me. I'm bossy. I want to be. I you know I've been the bee's knees since I've been as a kid, and I've bossed everyone around. There must be other players in the group who say, right, all I want to do is I want to push at the scrum, hit the number of rocks I've got to hit, uh, and make the number of tackles I've got to tackle, and then go out and go off, and that's my game done. So you've got you've got a range of players there. That must be a management challenge in itself. Yeah, and and. You're quite right in terms of every player needs to be developed, but not every player. We just talked about Doncaster and the twelve not not being able to do X, Y, and Z. Well, it's the same with certain players. You, you're not going to ask them to make them decisions during a game. You want them to make sure that their own game's right, and and they get the soldiers of the team, if you like, who are very very important to be able to get your quick ball or or stop their quick ball but the leaders in the team who you and I did spend leaders is uh we worked very very uh hard with them at, at, at Bath where um there was adapting their game to what was in front of them um and look that was that was now five six years ago um and we started with that. I wondered, I always wondered down where we would be now if we had the same team and we would carry on training the same way. But it's fascinating for me as a coach to um you get challenged a lot when you when you coach good players, you get challenged a lot. And the one challenge that I have is was to try and create training so that you are not telling the players what to do all the time. And there's, you might you might uh, have a plan and we might we might together collaborate a plan that we want to but when they're on the field and that plan's not working I want them to figure it out I want them to be able to adapt 
you know, um, and it's 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 a certain way of thinking. It's a certain way of processing the game. It's a certain way of seeing what's happening, thinking clearly what's happening, and then having the ability to adapt. Um, uh, and and you know that that is 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 fascinating. I don't even think this is not common now. I don't think at international level. I don't think it's common. I'm talking about Dan, um, the way they're coached, uh, the way they, they t- everyone talks about it. Everyone will talk about all oh, my players, what we want them to adapt and this player, this, but I don't think it's common at international level um, where training is set up, the mental skills is set up to allow the player to be able to do it. I don't know if I'm, I've lost lost you there a little bit. No, but, no, no, uh, no. I, I think uh, the so the interesting thing here is that uh, you're giving these players the power to make decisions about how our training happens, and uh, so they can, they can adapt. Uh, and it's quite a scary thing to do because you can maybe watch them play, and I I will see this, and the players actually start doing something which is detrimental um, and is actually going to take them backwards. And this is going to happen because they're not going to know uh, exactly what to do or where to go. Uh, so at, at what stage do you draw them back in and say, oh, just a second, this has got to change? Or do you say, well, they've got to work through it? Yeah, let them work through it. Also, let them work through it. And they still might not come up with the right answers. But, um, you know, you might, if it's a training session, uh, you might ask a question. You might you might ask a question. Well, what else could you have done? Do you know kind of stuff. So, and and think about it. And and it's to keep it simple. It's to it's to keep it really simple. So, um, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, we want to play off the top uh, from a line out off the top, and we want to play through the backs. But there, and this has happened to us Saracens when they played at the wreck. They put two extra forwards in the back line. Right. So what we did. Uh, we played off the top, oh, two extra forwards. So it was fascinating what happened. So then um, we then went uh, the next line out. They still had two extra. So we went five plus one, and we and we drove the football. So the the players are already thinking, right? This is our game plan to go wide, wide on Saracens. We can't now because they put two extra men in the back in the back line. So what we'll do, we'll drive them. So we we. So then, as they, uh, as them two extra forwards entered and, and, and formed the, the defensive more with them, then we shifted the ball, um, and that was done over. I think that period it's fascinating. It was done over four lineouts until we figured out, not we, the players figured out what to do. The first three we played into the runs until we gone right. This is what we need to do, and that was four lineouts. First half against Saracens over twenty minutes. Something like that. Um, I use it as a presentation of of the way the players were thinking, and they thought it out, you know, on the field there and then, which is which is great, you know. And and it's not it's not, you know, adapting playing a different game plan, you know. It, it's it's have they got four in the backfield? We want to play a kicking game today. We want to. We've got bad ball. Every time we have bad ball, we're going to kick it. But they've got four in the backfield. They're catching on the on the full. Mm. Right, you know, like so you go, uh, you know, as a team, you want them to go right. We're not, we can't, we can't kick it now. So we have. To, I know it's in the game plan, 
right? But we still, you know, you, they've got the license to. And when we talk things through after the game, why did you do that? Uh, I'll ask the question. They'll go because of this, these reasons, and I'll go great. I'll go great. Great reasons. Have you thought about this as well? You know. Um, but the key is, Dan, for me, is is to try and replicate that in training. Try and replicate it in training because it's so difficult. It's so difficult because on a on a weekend you've got you've got it's it's for real and the crowd's there and mm. the TV's there and the referee, you know. So how do you create that during the week? And that with a challenge for me is is to be able to do that. Okay, so how do you create it during the week then? Well, um, I had a game. <laughs> <laughs> I had a game on Thursday, so we play Saturday. I'd I'd do a mini game, so I'd I'd, I'd have a warm up. Um, I'd have a referee come in from the RFU. I had two sides. Um, we played not full contact; it varied, but it was a healthy contact. It was a healthy contact. Um, and the first 40 minutes would be 12 minutes. We play 12 minutes. That'd be the first half. We then go in. We then go in for half time. We talk about what did you see? Is the plan working? Uh, you know, what, what do we need to do? Adapt the leaders, the leaders. Aren't. Then we go back out and play another eight minutes, make subs, make subs. So there's about 25 minutes of a, of a proper game there. We take kick for goals. You know, the referee gives a penalty. You, you play that penalty out both ways. Um, and within that, um, I would I would challenge, I would speak to the referee and I would, uh, not every time, but I would tell the referee to do something, you know, and see if they could spot it and read it. Mm. I would tell the opposition to do something. We, we think they're a drift defence and we're playing against drift defence. Right, and we 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 probably at times we probably show the team that that this is what we're thinking is happening, and mm. but then second half would be all challenges. Um, it's not sorry, not just second half, but first time, first half as well. Sometimes will be challenges. Where uh, did you see what the opposition were doing? Did you see what the referee were doing? Um, so just so, so, if, was, so if you're you're running this, and at the end of the at the end of the session. Uh, they haven't reacted to any of the challenges. Um, yeah. That's possible, number one. Yeah. Um, and because I think that sometimes coaches will set up these things and they'll be disappointed the players don't react straight away. Why do you think the players don't react? Um, because I think that we think that players should be able to see everything. And in fact, they don't. They, they narrow in. So... How, how do you help them? I mean, first of all, I love the way that you're saying, what did you see? What did you see? So um, at the end of that 40, uh, at the end of that 25 minutes of work and they haven't necessarily got it, how do you help them get it or well, change their behaviours? Yeah. yeah. Um, we, you have, so, so just to finish, the 25 okay. minutes, um, I would have a, I'd have a quick, 30 second meeting with the leadership group and, I, and I'll say to them, what do you want to do now? What do you want to do? You know, because what do you think um, that's in our plan This that we've not done today that you might want to do? For example, you might have your first three players for a line out and we've only done two of them. 
and they'll go, right, I want to do the third play. And they, they then decide what they want to do. Um, but then you would have, you get them leaders together who you want, you expect to make them decisions to adapt and you talk it through them and you go, did you see this? No. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. So why did you do that? Because of these reasons, right. Have you thought about that? Um, and then you would, that's immediately. And then you would show them on the video. You would show them, look, Dan, um, <laughs> four years at Bath, uh, we, one of the sessions I remember distinctly where I, I asked the referee or asked the opposition to actually jackal football so that they, they got no quick ball at all. Mm. And they got very frustrated, the team. Um, uh, there, was, there was a couple of skirmishes and fights because they were frustrated. Um, we lost our ability to adapt because we were fo focusing on the wrong things and blaming the referee and blaming the opposition and, you know, is it full on this? You know, whereas, um, yeah, that we, we, we should have recognised, we should have recognised what were going on and, and, and adapted a different way. And it, there's, there's been loads of situations like that where um, the players have, 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 have not been able to think correctly, think clearly, sorry, think clearly. Um, and that's, it's a, it's a, it's a skill. It's a skill. Thinking clearly, concentration for a long time is a skill. You know, it's like anything. You've got to practice it. So I'm trying to show them or give them different scenarios where they can think clearly, you know? So uh, this makes me think about in a, in a match. So, uh, I mean, most people will watch, uh, will listening to this, will watch international games, let alone club games, and they'll see a, a multitude of water boys running on with uh, various mics on, giving information. Where does that fit into the model of the players making decisions? How, how, is, that, is that a healthy thing that they're getting messages on or is that not necessarily going to help them out? Not going to help them out. It's not going to help them out. It's not. You know, because, um, well, when I say it's not going to help them out, if, if your environment is a tell environment, if you are a coach who tells them what to do all the time, they'll be waiting, they'll be hungry for that message to come on and say, what do I do next? Mm. What do you want me to do? You know, but uh, invariably, <laughs> messages, even at international level, is uh, it can be uh, can be poor to say the least, where go on and tell them to tackle, you know, go on and <laughs> tell them. Go on and tell them it's the last play or go, you know, for example, tell them it's time to score a try. You know, <laughs> yeah, really? Um, <laughs> this is a good time to score. Yeah. So the the way, no, so I don't think in, in I don't think if you want a, a team that has got the ability to adapt and rugby so chess-like, it's so complicated. There's so many variables. There's so many different things that can happen. That's why I believe you need the player to be able to adapt on the field, and and when I when I was at Bath again, I used to go onto the water carriers and they had to come off and tell me what the players were thinking. They had to tell me what the players were thinking because I wanted to know. I didn't want to. So, for example, I think you know if it, if, it, if it was time to to drive the football, if it was time to run the football, kick the football, or, you know, if it was time not to compete at the breakdown, right? I, there's, 
I wanted them to tell me. And now it would give me so much confidence. I wanted to go on and say, listen, leave the football alone at the breakdown. I wanted to say that. But they've come back and said they've just told each other to leave it at the football, the breakdown. I mean, how much, how much powerful is that? You know, so uh, that that's what, you know, the, the conversation might be, the messages I might give is we've got a scrum. There's a scrum uh, 40 metres out. Um, there's seven minutes left and we're five points behind, for example. And, I, and I'll say, you know, if you can get on, I said, listen, just tell them, if we get penalty here, let's kick it. Tell them to kick the football over, tell them to go the post. Because it's one of them decisions where, you know, like I, I've got time, I'm, I'm sat there with my coffee, I'm in the pie and my heart, my heart rate's 70 beats per minute, whatever. And I'm thinking clearly, you know, I like to give them that sort of uh, message where they might, they might, you know, the scrum, the scrum leader might say, oh, let's have another scrum or whatever, or you know, kind of stuff. So I'm going, oh, let's kick it. Let's be two points behind. There's still seven minutes. We'll get the ball, you know, kind of stuff. Them are sort of, you know, decisions or, or messages I like to give. Um, I can't remember so, who it was. It might might have been you or uh, some other coach said sometimes uh, the message you're going on is just to actually uh, reiterate something that you've been you've been they've been working on in training. They they've said that they've identified they want to do this and they've just got to believe that they can they can do it. You're not uh, you're not trying to uh, change the direction of the ship. You're just trying to uh, make it run steady through the water as as it is. So um, yeah. that that uh, and also. You, as you said, you, some of the decisions you can make because, I mean, uh, who, which I would challenge you to be have a heart rate of seventy beats if you're the uh, if you're the coach. But uh, I am interested to know that you're eating a meat pie while you're while you're uh, you're uh, watching the game. Um, yeah. So just, I mean, we've gone right off uh, any other questions going to ask. We will, um, but just I just want to like finish up with one, which um, is. Um, you're obviously in a mentoring two sons who are coaches and you're mentoring a son who's, who's playing. And um, yeah. obviously um, he's, we, we see him as well <laughs> in action. Um, what sort of things does a father who's also a coach help help their son to do? I mean, because obviously uh, George is having, is having a very successful club season uh, but not necessarily getting uh, the sort of selection that he'd want uh, from an international point of view. So how, how are you helping him on that without, without obviously going into the detail of uh, um, whether you think he should be yeah. playing or not? Yeah, I think, I think his mum helps a lot. His mum helps a lot because she's non-rugby and she'll, she'll sometimes, me and George will talk and it's always, always rugby. It, it, it's it's you know what's happening that week and who they're playing and you know has he been selected or not. But his mum will just put his arm around him and just give him the cuddle that he needs to say that he's loved. Really, I think George is developed into a young man. Well, young man, he's twenty. He's twenty nine this month. Um, he gets it, Dan. He he gets he gets professional life at international level and and the Premiership level and. You know, he inspires me sometimes and we sit down to chat and I I don't I very rarely say anything um, in terms of uh, selection and, and the way things are unfolding. And 
he'll he'll just say, look, look, he said he'll say things like, look, nothing changes for me. You know, whether I've been selected or not for England or not for Leicester Tigers, he says, I won't change the way I prepare each week. You know, I won't not do my goal kicking every day. You know, he says, I will not not give me 100% best. You know, whether someone picks me or not, um, I'm going to go out and, and he doesn't change anything. You know, and he's very, like, you just, as a dad, you, you're so proud of that because... I remember in my career, you know, I I got dropped. The first thing I wanted to do was blame everybody. You know, it's not me. You know, like that kind of stuff. And you don't focus on getting better yourself. Um, so from from that point of view, um, his mum, I love you, George. No matter you get picked or not, or you play well or not, you know, kind of stuff. It just he needs. He's a he's a family guy, and he needs that around him. Um, you know that. The tactical bits is is we're always talking about the tactical bits, but the one thing that I'm very very conscious of is that I've not played for 20 years. Mm. I've certainly not played at the level he has. Um, so he's the best coach. He's because he's he's in the, he's in it on you know. I'll, I'll say why don't you do this? When was the last time you played? You know, kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, that sounds that sounds like a familiar thing. So uh, yeah. I mean, generically then. What what would you give as a piece of advice to uh, to a dad who's who's played a bit and they're watching their their son because quite a few people are listening and probably uh, who are coaching youth youth rugby are probably in there because their their son's in it or son or daughter is in there. What would you say um, a parent speaking to their child? What what's sort of the the top tips to uh, or the, the the pitfalls to avoid? Well, obviously. The, the the first one is 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 that you love them, you know, uh, um, like any parent would love a child. I think. Secondly, this is the way. I mean, this is just the way we are as a family and stuff. Is uh, you know, I'm there to, I'm there to, just help and guide and and um, advice, give them advice. I think I, I like the fact that sometimes they take the advice and sometimes they don't and and sometimes they take it and it and it doesn't work and sometimes they don't take it and it does you know kind of stuff mm. so it, it's it's the, the learning curve for them as well that they've got to make their own decisions you know and we just support them i always said to him look you go anywhere you want we we still love you as parents and you know and we'll we'll support you any way we can i think the one thing I never did, I never, um, because of because of, because of my wife uh, and, and the boy's mum, we she she used to say, "Leave them alone," you know, "Leave them alone now," because I was potentially I was, you know, I wouldn't leave them. Are you doing this? Are you kicking? Are you training? Are you doing strength? Are you doing this? Are you watching a video? Blah 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 blah, you know. And I were overpowering them a little bit and stuff like that. Um, only because you want them to do really, really well. But she always pulled me back. She always pulled me back and said, you know, um, let them have a bit of mum time, really. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, this resonates with me, uh, with my uh, I, my two sons, is I, I just want them to do well. And the questions I want to ask is just to make sure they're doing the right things. But I think sometimes that, uh, that the danger is that they can feel that, all I'm going to be asking them is to sort of tick a few boxes 
uh, for me to check that everything's done rather than just having a just having a chat where we can there's no, there's no pressure so uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, it resonates a lot what what I've done Dan because I was away a lot um or I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast I was away a lot I made it a point where I spoke to the boys every day whether it was a phone call or a text mm. and it's just gone on and on As to this day we just we just talk little and often all the time you know it's just checking with each other you know um and and it's worked for us that's worked for us um and i never know i never not know where my boys are at any given time you know so i mean most parents are like that are they you know of course of course yeah but um that's how it that's how it unfolds in terms of um the rugby advice as well brilliant well, my, I mean, we, obviously there's there's an enormous number of things we can explore, but uh, it's been great. Really, uh, I've really enjoyed it. It's been quite moving, I think, talking about the kids at the end as well. Um, and lots of great information there and ideas. So uh, lots of uh, things to go away and energise. I just wait until yeah. I, I'm with the boys tonight and their session. They'll... Uh, Right, you're going to be. Uh, oh no, I'm not going to say this. I'm going to do this. So it should be, <laughs> should be fun. Mike, that's brilliant. Thank you very much. So, uh, just uh, if if people are interested in the consultancy thing, how do they get in touch? Um, I've got a, a, a web page, a website. I think it's a web page of mikefordpc.co.uk. Right, Mike. We'll put the link. We'll put the link on the. Um, yeah. On the podcast um, blurb. Yeah, yeah and um, get in touch with me by via that really. It's right. on the, uh, you can go on the web, you can push it into the internet, but it's on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Great, Mike, thanks very much for that. Um, and um, thank you very much for your time. That's been brilliant. Um, for more information about some of the things we've been talking about and more information about uh, the podcast, uh, please go to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button. Uh, but uh, just for me to say... Thanks, Mike, very much for your time. Love it. Love it, Dan. Thanks very much. Okay. And um, good luck to everybody and speak with you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you've missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.